You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. OGO has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the OGO 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Thanks for listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast. I'm joined by uh, my buddy Will Hahn, who is the team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Um, so, Will, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Right at my house. This is about the <laughs> easiest thing I've ever done. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, you had a little bit of a Japanese FedEx delivery today. <laughs> well, I've really dropped the ball since all the fire damage up here. Like Nick came and helped me. Nick Way came and helped me get a lot of my personal stuff out. And uh, I've had two pretty important pieces at his house probably the last, I don't know, five months. I went over there to pick them up, wouldn't fit in my truck. And then <laughs> one thing leads to another to get too busy and forget about it. And on the weekends, he'd be like, dude, you got to come get this shit out of my garage before I get it gets broken. When the kids are going to break it, I'm stressed out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, so I was at his house today, and he's like, oh, oh, fucking Wilbur. No, I'm just kidding. I just saw, I saw your, uh, yeah, so it's two giant frames of your championship gear. And uh, I was like, hey, oh, you helped Will when the fires came. So yeah, so Will, Will's house is in uh, Lake Elsinore, tucked into the mountains that actually caught on fire last uh, yeah. summer, right? Yeah, it was right around Unadilla. I think I, think I actually flew to Unadilla while it was still going. And uh, yeah, I'll pull that part of that uh, holy fire, and uh, it was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the area around your house is just well. A, it's amazing how uh, resilient nature is. I mean, because it's all bounced yeah. back and everything's green again. But you could tell that it burned and oh, up yeah. to your back, <clears throat> up to the backyard, right? Yeah, directly up to. I mean, it came up to the fence basically. I'd say probably I don't know twenty feet below the fence line to my backyard. Um, but I mean, the flames were still pouring over. Like like you saw earlier enough, the the screen door in my in my bedroom is uh, warped enough from the heat it got that hot. Uh, there was little damage and stuff like that, but honestly, not too bad. Um, but more more so, it was just the the scariness of. Um, I think that it was the morning when we the night before we looked over the mountain, and it was on the top, and it's like kind of scary and kind of eerie. But it was the moment where the next morning when you walked out and it had come down that far that you realized like they're not going to get a hold of this before. You yeah, know, it gets all the way down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was just the the unknown, and it felt like a movie because you walked outside and like all the neighbors are out looking around doing the same thing you are. Like, mm. well, should we go? Should we stay? You know, and yeah, just crazy. So, what were the things that you took that were the most valuable? Your your um, your championship bikes, your I'll be frame gear. I'll be honest. I took all my bicycles, all my dirt bikes, my dog, um, everything that I couldn't replace. Basically, like I took all my jerseys that I've saved over the years like I have a jersey from each year all my pit shirts from each year um yeah and I guess my my like my safe um my baseball card collection stuff like that <laughs> like I think just little stuff that I've had over the years that I knew I couldn't replace but the rest like I realized when we flew to you know and I came back I think I only grabbed like three sets of clothes like I, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that it wasn't really anything I even thought about it was just the stuff I feel like I couldn't replace it was like everything else I'll figure out if it happens you know yeah um you mean you didn't take your jeans collection 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I still have some trees up there. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. It would have been sad if they burned down, but you would have been able to only find the jewels and stuff from the pockets. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have the bedazzled ones, Come but on. it would have been devastating, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, um, one of the sponsors of the show is Bell Helmets, and we have a segment called the Bell Helmets Bench Race. So, man, we just came back from the Houston Supercross Triple Crown, and, and needless to say, it was a great weekend for you and the guys. It really was. You know, I think uh, the Hamlet Rebel, the, the first main was a little bit uh, touch and go. Like, obviously, the, their starts wasn't that good and uh, a little bit tough to come to the pack. And, and, you know, it's short. It's really high energy, that race. And um, when you don't capitalize on the start, it's a lot, makes it a lot harder on yourself. Dylan rode really well that first main. Um, I think Colt struggled a little bit here and there with some comfort. But for main two and main three, we figured it out for both guys. Got the starts better, and we came out there one and three. So that was nice. Were the races, like, 13, 13, and 14 laps? I believe so, yeah. So, I mean, realistically, by by standards of main events a few years ago, they that basically was almost did three like mains. three mains, right? Yeah. Like way more laps than normal Yeah. with not as much time in between. The rest is like a motocross national, right? No, I mean, it was crazy this weekend. Like uh, Colt had a mistake in the second main in the last lap uh, and it crashed actually pretty good. So his bike was actually pretty torn up. And Did you use the B bike? No, we didn't have to. Um yeah, at, I mean, what point, at what point uh, with damage would you decide to ride the other bike? Uh, if we knew. I mean, like I said, we, we barely had enough time to get his turn around. Had it been 10 more minutes of work, yeah, we would have taken the B bike for sure. But but why even screw with fixing it when, when you have two identically prepared bikes? Because um, you don't have to reprep two? I mean, that is part of it. I'm not going to deny that. That is part of it because, you know, it's not that we have, we don't have two West bikes on the truck. It's, mm-hmm. and it's an East Coast bike. So that like, next oh, weekend, Nashville, okay. that's going to be an East Coast bike. So, okay, okay. um, which again, wouldn't be the end of the world if you ride it for one main event for 15 yeah. minutes. It's not going to need everything done to it. But at the same time, it's, if we can fix it, that's what he's been riding all night. You know, it's the suspension's warm, everything like yeah, that. Everything's, yeah. everything's going and flowing and it is his bike. So, um, if it's salvageable, it's best to just do it then. But at the same time, like it was on that edge this weekend of, it could have happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in Seattle, Dylan got his first win ever, you know, in Supercross and bam, backs it up with the second one. Is it like, uh, is it like a, a confidence, man, I, I, I can win this. Is that, is that how come guys always win their first one and then win the second one right away? I, I think it's just one of those. It's it's almost a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously helps your confidence knowing that you know, clearly now it's on paper. I can do it. I know I can do it. I just proved it. But at the same time, it's 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 almost I think a coincidence to where all of a sudden it clicks. But it's not without that confidence. I think that everything doesn't click. Yeah. So what's it like uh, managing a foreign guy? Like I mean, I I mean, dude, we've had plenty of cool French guys through the years but we've had a couple not so cool guys but like dylan is he seems awesome like easy to deal with yeah no he, he really is and i think it's he's opened up and i think the biggest thing i think with anybody coming over here that makes that kind of sacrifice is like it's a trust thing and once they open up and they start trusting you and realizing what you're about it's it gets much easier you know mm-hmm. when i first came to the team it was like i was wearing a red shirt the weekend before and then now i'm in a blue <laughs> shirt and you're similar yeah. and like of course you're not going to probably like hey How's it going, man? Let's just trust you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and we do little things during the week, and obviously, you know, he leans on me hard on some things, and 
um, you know, I enjoy it. I think that he's found himself at home here, and I, I can't imagine, you know, leaving family and friends. You know, it's hard doing that from Texas, let yeah. alone from across, yeah, you know, well. the other side of the ocean. So um, you got to feel for him in a lot of aspects there where the food's not the same and everything like that. Um, but he's making it happen. Mm-hmm. Where does he live? Is he? Um, Marietta. Oh, okay. So he's not far. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, how's it been with DV around in the truck? Honestly, pleasant. Yeah. Like, and I, I, you know, I kind of thought it would be a little bit more difficult than it has been. And just being around him in the past and stuff like that. And, you know, he's very strong, um, opinionated. Yeah. But it's honestly been good. And he's, he is perfect for Dylan. Yeah. Nice. Um, I remember, was it last year when you borrowed that two stroke from me for him to ride because you wanted, uh, or DV wanted him on the two stroke? Yeah. Is that part of Bulliman's strategy to keep them aggressive, do you think? Uh, I think some of it is, yeah. I think that, um, you know, carry momentum. Yeah. And you, you obviously have to on a 125 or to the two stroke, or, you know, 2D's not as, I guess, big of a deal, but. Uh, you still got to carry good speed and to be able to jump the jump. It's not like a 450 or 250 where you can just grab the throttle and get back on it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, getting back to Houston, though, um, good all around because, I mean, Colt won the last main event. Yeah, it was great. Um, that's always good to see. And it, and it was kind of, I wouldn't say surprising, but, I mean, I, I knew about his injury that he had and the stitches yeah. in his thigh and all that. So he overcame a little bit of adversity there. I think he needed it all the way around. But doing that after the week he had in <laughs> Seattle – and then even that second main event, he crashed a lot harder than I think people, you know, realize because I don't, I don't, I haven't watched it on TV yet, but I'm assuming it didn't get caught on TV. Um, but he crashed pretty dang hard, and to still get up and get fourth, let alone come back and win that last main, I was, I was really pumped for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, thoughts about the two fifty or the four fifty class? Um, did you get to? Do you get to watch it? No, I never. No, I never do okay. on the weekend. Like I'll, I'll watch practice because I'll just stay there yeah. in case they do something different that we can go back and tell the guys. Um, but I, I honestly don't watch any main events. I, I, I normally watch the mains when I get home, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of see what happened. But I mean, I've, you see all the highlights. Yeah, I know. I kind of figure where this is going right now. What? What do you think? I'm about the, the passes. What about the, the finish line pass? Uh, well, one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. And then Cooper and Marvin, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, say uh, say, say your guy, as a team manager, how do you manage that if like your two guys are like both up front like that? I don't know. We were close to having to deal with that with Colt and Dylan early on this series. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, and not that we still wouldn't, you know. I mean, I think they're pretty respectful of each other, but at the same time, I mean, how do you how do you tell one guy no? You know, I, I don't know. That's such a that's such a difficult spot to be in, and knowing how Coop is and and his heart and determination in the sport, that's he's not gonna, you know, just uh, just lay up a little bit here. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with it. He didn't knock him down. It was it was aggressive, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But I mean, people also want to see that kind of racing. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad yeah. I don't have to deal with it, but I want to see that kind of racing. Yeah. I think so. What what about Tomac checking up at the finish? I have no idea. There's honestly, I don't know that there is an explanation for that. <laughs> I I watch it over and over again, and I'm I'm so confused on so many levels that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other big highlight of 
Houston was uh, AC's crash or that tunnel jump. Oh my gosh! And it had to be a scary position for him to be in, like trying to get oh. this bike. And then I can't believe Starling was able to stop and not just plow him. No, I, I was sitting in the mechanics area and I watched him come over and then like put his hand out on the. I think he touched the seat at one point or close. And I was just like, "What? What the hell is? What's happening?" Because I just seen him pop over and and. Uh, <laughs> And, and then he fell or whatever. And then, yeah, one guy after another was coming over. I think I seen one guy endo off of his bike. Yeah. I was just like, man, you, well, you can be in a worse spot because, well, for one, the flag, just a yellow flag out. <laughs> and in, unfortunately, Supercross yellow flag doesn't mean, like, someone's down right on the backside. Yeah. And and people were jumping onto the top of it, and you can't see down, so you're like, hmm, looks clear, so you'll jump off. And then yeah. you realize, oh, no. You know, yeah. so. That, that jump looks gnarly, <clears throat> like. It's really steep downside. They're always, they're always, any kind of tunnel is super steep. Yeah. Because you can't, unless you're going to jump super high and arc down, you yeah. can't really land it. No. You've got to go too far. And So especially you put it after a triple, I know it was a finish line, but you put it after a triple, you're going to carry so much speed into it that you have to essentially scrub it, which either equals clipping it and getting squirrely mm-hmm. or just over jumping it all night. Yeah. Which that's what most guys were doing, was just landing flat. Yeah. Well... Both guys happy after the main. Yeah, I mean, obviously they were. Dylan's happy, but yeah, Colt pumped to. Uh, yeah, Colt needed that like resurgence back into him that he can do it still. Like, I mean, it's been a long time since Anaheim won, and uh, we all believe it. But I think he needed a little bit more of that. Like, okay, I still can. I'm going to do this and move forward. And then you know, obviously, obviously the week he had, but um, Dylan was just um, he's doing exactly what he needs to do right now. Yeah, so it's five points. Mm-hmm. What's the strategy for the last two races? You just have to win. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you don't have to. There's all kinds of scenarios, but at this time, the only thing you can do is go one race at a time and go try and win. Like yeah. that's what else can you do? And honestly, you're in a better position anyway. You're the hunter, not being hunted. Yeah, exactly. So right? I think that that's that's more of a positive to be in because you you really don't have anything to lose. Yeah. The uh, the triple crown. Both of them have been really bad for AC. Um, but honestly, not. You put it. You put an eighteenth oh, into any other finish in the yeah. year, and you yeah, yeah, that yeah, point. That's true. You know what I mean? Like he's gotten an eighteenth and a tenth, and I mean, all things considering, I'd be happy about rolling out of there losing a couple points. Not, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was really impressed with his ride in the last moto. It was impressive. From last to third, I think. Yeah, it was. It was really impressive. Yeah. I think he had a third like two minutes to go or something. I was. I was. Yeah, just um, definitely come back quicker than I thought. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that uh, wraps up the Bell Helmets bench race. I mean, you guys wear bells. You're, you I'm a long time Bell guy. Long time Bell guy. You got to be pumped on the uh, Moto Nine Flex. Love it. I love my helmets. Benny's okay. The rest <laughs> of the company's awesome. Who's Benny? You mean Raphael? Oh yeah, my bad. Raphael. Yeah, yeah, Raphael. <laughs> Have you uh, or any of the guys gotten to? Uh, See early versions of the Moto 10. Are we allowed about. to talk about it? We're not allowed to talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, if, if there were some we were talking about, it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're just, I was dreaming or something. Were you? Yeah, I, I didn't really see it. Mm. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson. Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. 
Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show. And all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barja, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. Hi, uh, I'm Mitch Payton from Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to Throttle Syndicate. Um, it's a new name, but it's the same company that's been around for uh, 30 years. We've been with them since the very beginning in 1991, and they're a big part of why our bikes always look the way they do. We're really proud to have them involved, and hopefully they have a good year. Visit ThrottleSyndicate.com to view the full range of customizable graphic kits, gripper seat covers, sticker kits, and more. Use promo code SWATMOTOLIVE at checkout for a 20% discount off your order. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, so how much uh, how much do you ride these days? I mean, I know I saw you at Milestone riding the 19 way before it was out. Um, that was a busy couple months. Supercross season, obviously, you wouldn't have any reason to be riding out at the public tracks, but... Uh, yeah, um, it goes in spurts. Like there, when when the nineteen came out, it was pretty flat out until the beginning of the season. And obviously, with the other guys racing outdoors, I was the only guy on it, and kind of putting time on it and trying some things and seeing where we're at. Um, <coughs> and since then, we did some initial Supercross testing on it, I guess. And then once in a while, I'll check back in. Uh, I rode outdoors probably t- three weeks ago. And I raced Freestone for some reason. Um, just to, get, I guess, we were there all week and to get mm-hmm. off the couch. Um, How'd that go? I had a blast. Greg Snell was racing too and been friends with him for a long time. So 
it was cool to like um, basically just talk shit on the gate and yeah. and just um, make did you fun come out on other. top? Yeah, no, it was nice, cool. It was nice. cool. That's my uh, second post career amateur title, and I had two before <laughs> I was pro, so I've tied that now. Um, what class was it? Twenty five plus? Yeah, yeah, plus twenty five, or, or junior twenty five plus one, or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, but no, that's been fun, and then I mean, I think we'll start. It just like I said, it goes in spurts. It's more of a uh, sometimes it's you know four o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, all right, we're gonna try this tomorrow and go from there. Mm. Do you uh, still enjoy it? I mean, or rather, if you had time, would you go ride for fun? Yeah. No, I think I think I would for sure. I mean, the only problem is now you gotta like clean the bike. You're responsible for a lot more. Where before you take it for granted, you just drop your bike off at the shop and you bail. Yeah, um, you're responsible for more of that stuff now. Uh, which honestly, I do enjoy. But when you have the time, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, for sure, I still love riding as much as I always have. Um, and especially now, like even when I'm testing and it's a long day, you're not on the stopwatch. It's at your pace. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different mindset now than it ever was, um, you know, with expectations of such. And then you find yourself, even now, I find myself, I, I haven't really done it since, but I think before Hangtown last year, the guys were out doing a moto and I tried to like wick it up with them and I ended up crashing pretty hard <laughs> and doing something to my knee towards MCL or something. And that's where I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like your brain still wants to go to a certain speed and you just don't need to do it anymore or can't, you know, which was fine. I'm fine with that. And um, like even at, the, at Freestone, I think I was way off the amateur boys, and they were letting me know that pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> but were you off LeBlanc's time? Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I, I wasn't that long ago. Two months ago, I could, like, play with him and, like, have to push him on the track, and then now he's faster. So, yeah. Um, well, that's because it, of your guidance and tutelage. I wish I could claim it. I can't. <laughs> Nice, nice. Hey, I wanted to ask you about, you know, on the uh, on the race bikes, the air filter cowling, how it has that big hole in it. Is that a works part or is that like a cycle part or just the airbox cover? Yeah, yeah, it's a cycle part. Cycle part with the hole in it, so it breathes better. Well, we, I mean, to be honest with you, we cut that front hole out. Oh, you do? Yeah, but it looks like it's elevated higher. No, is it? Yeah, cycle cycle is bigger. It is bigger. Yeah, it actually is a little so bit more taller. Volume yeah, it is. Sacra is a little bit taller. So when you cut that hole out, does it improve like low end? It's a good question. You're not sure. I honestly don't know. Makes the air filter dirtier, quicker. I bet. Most likely. <laughs> Can you still be, uh, you know, now that you're not racing and not not in it for lap times and stuff? Uh, can you be satisfied with a bone stock bike, or do you still long for a? Uh, factory bike that's tough because i'm so spoiled still like my test bike's obviously a badass factory bike and so like i'm i'm still pretty spoiled when it comes to i don't ride a stock bike we did do quite a bit with um you know yamaha japan came over uh and with some of the u.s guys and a couple japan test riders and then including myself uh we did a, a week a full week of um you know like our bike their bike a stock bike 1819 mm-hmm. uh and that was that was a blast even you know some of them all of them had stock chassis stock suspensions just some mm-hmm. had motors some didn't um and that was um that was an absolute blast Every, everything about that with those guys was um was really good time and i thought that it was really productive for 
everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but like then riding a stock bike, I you know I loved it, and I haven't ridden. I don't think I've ridden a stock bike since I did maybe like 2012 or 2013. I think I did the brochure for the Honda coming out, mm-hmm. and um, and it was at like Rhino Land, so it was even slower. I remember riding it being like, this thing sucks, you know. Yeah, but, altitude and yeah, silty. Which isn't fair because – and it's it sucks because, you know, you go from riding your like race bike to stock bike. Of course, it doesn't feel good. So yeah. it sucks to even compare the two. Um, but – also, since then, stock bikes have come so far. Like yeah. when we hopped from, hopped from that 19 when it was stock, I was I was blown away to where I'm like, this is crazy. Dude, this is bone the stock. 19YZ250F is badass. It really is. Um, you know, it's funny. We had uh, Jamie Ellis from Twisted Development came out and he hung out the track the day, one of the days that we were doing a 250 shootout. And uh, it was actually the last day, right? And I decided that I, I chose the Yamaha as the shootout winner. But if it was just for fun play riding, I like the Honda better, right? But uh, at our race series, we had this new 250 vet class, which is like anyone over 30, anyone on 250, like 250, two-stroke or four-stroke. Can I ride next year? Yeah, you can. Nice. Yeah, but it's just open class, but it's a lot of fun because everybody's on a 250. And so I'm like, dude, I want to race that. And so believe it or not, through all the years, I've never had like a personal test bike. A 250 that was built because I've always ridden 450s because I yeah. was a fat guy, you know. And so this year I'm like, I'm gonna build a 250 because I'd been racing the bike stock in the class. Yeah. And there's this one guy that's got this mod bike and he always hole shot. So I gave the bike to, to Twisted Development and I got it back and I go, dude, just make it mellow. I don't want to run race gas. I don't have to go buy race gas. And so he did me the stage one mod. It is so fast, so freaking powerful like i had to relearn how to ride it because that's so much power than stock you know yeah then you, you can't say oh it's still not as fast as a 450 you ride it like a 450 because you still have to ride like a 250 right but, well you still gotta ride it pretty aggressive but at the same time they're so torquey that it, it is more so to me like uh, the modern the old 250s where you get to really ride them like a 125 in a sense to where now you can almost get away with more riding them like a 450 because the torque's got yeah. so high it's funny because the first time I raced, like I didn't, I'm an idiot. I didn't go ride it first. I just raced it. Literally in practice, I was like front tire coming off the ground out of corners because it's like so different. You know? Yeah, like, whoa, yeah. Whoa. It hits instantly rather yeah. than like roll on. But uh, yeah, that said, I can't even imagine how powerful you guys' bikes are when I've got like stage one goon package, you know? It's actually 73 horsepower. 73? Come on, it's April 1st. <laughs> So did you uh, did you see our April Fools' thing today? I don't think so. Oh, I tried to ignore social media today, so I didn't fall for anything. Yeah, yeah, right. That was pretty good. We got RV. RV was a pretty good actor. We did a little show, and he said he's coming back on Plessinger's bike for the first two nationals. Oh uh, man, that uh, probably that probably started it up. Oh dude, Vital was lighting up. I can only imagine. Those guys, those guys mad. <laughs> they can't wait for that kind of stuff though. But uh, I think uh, April Fool is always fun in the media. I think we've we've done some good ones in the past. We were, I did it once where we were going to start Trans World Quad yes. <laughs> magazine. Yes. So many people were pumped. I got like emails from people that day saying, well, where do I send my money? I want to subscribe. Really? Oh, my <laughs> Quad God. guys. Poor guy. Did you reply? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so we're in your living room here, and you got two interesting bikes, the championship bike and then the uh, – 
Is this the CR125 that we rode for the premix movie? Yeah. In Texas? Yeah. That thing sounded really slow when we were filming you. It's, I bet you're better off jogging the track, <laughs> truthfully. Was this a special engine or was it just stock? No, it's um, actually Mitch went through it um, a bit, but it's not anything too special to where you, I think you could run pump if you needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more, to me, I wanted to build a replica race bike, 125. Like if the engine wasn't anything special, it didn't yeah. bother me any. Because I honestly didn't plan on riding it that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple times here and there, and then now, obviously, just kind of rebuilt it and put it back in here. Yeah, definitely. Is it uh, the bikes in here in your formal living, living room? room. <laughs> is, is there oil in them, or are they all drained so they don't leak on your carpet? I think they're okay. Yeah, I don't know. Is there oil in them? Yeah, it might be. There's no gas. <laughs> oil. Huh? Bird just drained them. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Yeah, no, yeah, he, see, he cares. Yeah. He thinks ahead of time. Yeah, one of them had a leaky air filter at one time. I think it was a 250F just because it sat long enough the oil started dripping, but yeah. it's it's fine. Yeah. It's so fine. you just have them on stands. You're not going to, like, hang them from the ceiling on wires over a pool table or something like, oh, oh K- K-Dub did that in his Corona house. If I hang them, what if a fire comes? I'm not going to get them down in time. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, i got to be ready to, like, just load up and roll. <laughs> Definitely. So, man, well, it's... uh. It's always fun to chat with you. Um, just dropped off those paintings and uh, our paintings, so those picture frames, <laughs> and uh, sprung this podcast on you. So I, I appreciate you being a good sport. Make but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, congrats on the great weekend, and and here's hoping uh, things go your way in Vegas. Yeah, we just gotta. Honestly, it's just more so. Anyway, it goes down. It's been a positive season, I think, in our in our part. Like. Dylan and Colt both getting their first wins. Um, Justin getting his first podium. Mitchell was really close last weekend. So all around, I think, no matter what, you know, um, losing Aaron, the guy that won you both titles last year, is a little bit of a hard thing to do mm-hmm. and then go into that year. But we also knew we had four really good guys yeah. behind him. So I think we've proved that. And no matter what, I'm really happy with the year the guys have had. Cool. And then it's going to be a wild outdoor season when all four guys are on the same series. And Oh, yeah. All four will be title contenders, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the hopes. Um, and we have a really good bike and a really good package, and these guys have been really happy so far. So um, I think it's going to be really fun. Hey, I, I know what I want to ask you. What's Tom up to? Uh, he's back home. He's been working at Oak Hill training kids. Like He mm-hmm. was at Freestone when I was back there. Uh, he has, I think, four or five really good family kids um, working with them and trying to help them be better and still has a detailing business on the side and uh, that's been about it. That's cool. I miss your brother being out here. I He's a lot cooler than you. That's what everyone says. <laughs> hey, so why do you, I know I, I need to ask you something too. So why do you schedule a vet race, like a sick vet race at Glen Helen when you know I'm going to be gone? Like there's no chance can, I can ever do it. But the thing is, is your history with me is like, you will commit to a race and then you don't I show up. I race the last. slam and my belt's up there. Yeah, you race the slam and your belt's up there, but you also committed to like the next two or three slams and then didn't show up the last minute. Yeah, well, at least one of those I had to have been hurt. We all know that. So there's one of those that's for sure. I have a mulligan. Two of them possibly I did yeah. pull out. Yeah, yeah, pulled out at the last second too. There's possible of those, yeah, but there's for sure one that I was hurt. Because I mean, you know, we even made stickers. Tom would race, right? So. Yeah, it's Tom. But he didn't race, so it doesn't, it's not relevant now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Next uh, next year, we'll we'll schedule the Trans Am 
on an off weekend. Dude, I don't know if I have another year in me of like. Wait, how old are you now? Uh, 20, I'll be 30 next year. Okay, well then, yeah, you can race. Do you have plus 25 and plus 30? Yeah. Who won plus 25? Plus 25? I think Hanny. 30. Dude, Hanny was on it this year, dude. dude he's been going fast out of our tracks. And, and, and it's laps. funny because he came in the weekend and was like, bro, I can only go like one lap before I get arm pumped. He came out and was hauling ass. I mean, granted, Jeff Loop took home the 30-plus win. Um, Hanny had a little mishap. And Jeff obviously is a consistent front runner at our series all the time. And, yeah. But, but dude, Hanny, Hanny was moving, man. And, yeah, he rides good. And he... He made a, a late race charge after he fell. He got up. He was seven seconds down on loop, and he was on him at the finish. I mean, so like, for a guy that says he's not in shape and gets arm pumped. Yeah, yeah. He's he, always gonna be a better rider than he portrays, though. He's yeah. so good on a bike. Yeah. All right, on dude. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me for this podcast, and uh, I'll see you in Denver in two weeks. You coming? I'm coming. Out time. Dude, did you see? Monday kickstart today from Houston. I crushed it. I didn't you haven't been on yet. No, no. I don't follow you. Dude, why are you playing? <laughs> well, you got to play like that. Hey, actually, you know what? Have you, have you, well, you probably checked out the old site, but we launched a new website today for Swap Moto Live, and uh, it's pretty good. You should check it out. I'll have to check it out. All right. Thanks, Wilbur. Probably Wilma. not, though. <laughs> Dick. Ty doesn't like peanut butter that much either. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.